Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. During the day, I uh, do full-time private practice. I run a thriving private practice right outside of Chicago, Illinois. We do everything from individual therapy, couple therapy, group therapy, organizational, uh, movement and therapy, um, as well as testing, medication management, and things of that sort. My background is in corporate America, and here in the Warren Associates, I do mock interviews, career consults, and life coaching. Absolutely. couple things. Today we're going to be talking about trust issues and if they're damaging your relationships and how to manage that, number one. But let me say that we are a 30-minute show today, so if there are some trust issues that you have that run deeper than a little Q&A, and you need to get some, you know, some, some in-depth answers taken care of for yourself, then there's two things you can do. You can contact us at 630-428-2344 because that's our office number. You can schedule an appointment. You can also call the show today and ask a question. That number is 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835 if you have specific questions that you need to have answered. Right, absolutely. So today, today's topic is trust. And a lot of times we say, I don't trust that person, or he gave me a reason not to trust him. And, and I don't even remember how I first learned the definition of trust. But I just did a search on my, on my iPhone to see the definition of trust. The dictionary says that trust is a firm reliance on the integrity, ability, or character of a person or thing. I'm going to read that again. A firm reliance on the integrity, ability, or character of a person or thing. Another definition of trust is something committed into the care of another, or you give someone charge of something, like I'm going to trust you or entrust you with the care of something. And today we're talking about relationships, but we're talking about trusting the integrity of the person that you're with and putting your heart in their hands, really, giving them charge over your heart. And so, you know, a lot of people push that love is one of the most important things in a relationship, but I'm going to argue that if you have love and, and no trust, you don't have a good relationship. But you can have trust and not a whole lot of love and still kind of be okay some way. That's a great point, and I, and I agree with that because, you know, so much of a relationship is built on trust. I mean, how well can you even deal with someone on a regular basis if you, there's no trust? Trust, trust there. They're going to be where they said they're going to be, do what they said they're going to do. You know, you're constantly double-checking. They're like, that's not a good relationship. Trust is that thing that binds relationships together. You know, trust is the thing where if you're with someone and you say, hey, I'm going to give you the 50 bucks, could you take it over to T-Mobile and pay my phone bill? You trust that they're going to do that and not stop along the way and get a breakfast sandwich and spend part of your money and not pay your bill. Absolutely. Hey, my car's in the shop. I'm going to need you to pick me up after work. I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock. No problem. I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. 6 o'clock, 6.30, they're not there to pick you up. Hey, I'm in a dangerous neighborhood. I need you to pick me up. I expected you to be there. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Trust means that you can rely, you can depend on their words, right. what they say they're going to do, that they're not saying, okay, yeah, 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 I've got you, I'll do it, and then they turn around and not do it. Absolutely. And in relationships, whether it's your, I mean, everybody that's a teenager or that has been a teenager has have lost their parents' trust at some point, and you've seen that look in your mom or dad's eye when they say, Billy Bob, Sue Snowflake, I can't trust you anymore. Right. And I don't know what it's going to take to get that trust back, but I'm completely disappointed. That's the trust that we're talking about today. Or you're with a spouse and they say, baby, trust me, this is just my coworker, nothing's going on. If you find out that something's going on, then you lose that ability to rely on their character. You lose that ability to believe them when they say, 
Oh, I'm just on Facebook looking at, or I'm just on Pinterest looking at recipes. Maybe they're looking at something else, and, and you know that that kind of thing. Or you share some some confidential information with a friend. Hey, going through some things, things right now. Need you to keep this confidential. No problem. You have my trust. I won't tell this information to anybody else. And then next week, two weeks later, you found that person broke that trust, and they share that personal information with other people. Wait a minute. I thought we were friends. I thought we were. You were my confidant. We can have this kind of conversation. I can share this information with you. But apparently you're not. That's going to cause some friction in that relationship. Absolutely. And then there's ways that we have to define trust. There's a different amount of trust that I put in my husband than I do my neighbor. You know? Absolutely. I would never tell my neighbor here, hey, here, here's my, my credit card. When the Comcast guy comes, you know, just, just take care of it for me. I mean, there's a different level of trust that we put in people. I trust my, you know, when I was working a traditional job, I had a different level of trust in my supervisor than I did in maybe my best friend. I mean, there's different levels of trust. And the world operates on the idea that we can pretty much believe one another. And you know what? As you're talking about that, the, 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 the amount of trust that you give to somebody really will increase the, the intimacy of that relationship. If someone's really a best friend, you, that means you have a lot of trust in them. Someone's a spouse, you have a whole lot of trust with them. If they're just an associate, someone you high by, I have some level of trust in them, but not intimate level of trust. Right. So, I mean, it, 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 it's a linear reaction to how, how close you are with someone and how much you trust them. Absolutely. It really is. And sometimes trust is about proximity. I mean, how do we learn to trust? You know, I remember being a kid, my mother would say, that's family, and family sticks together, and you take care of family. And so we had this, like, automatic trust with people that were family because we were taught that, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. Right. As you mature, you realize, that trust is something that you kind of have to earn, you right. know. Um, and I'll say that initially when we meet people, in general, we kind of trust them. Like you're, you're okay with the person. But you're looking for a sign. You're looking for different markers, data points to show you whether you can trust them a lot or whether you can trust them a little. I think uh, you're a great point there. As you meet people, you give, you afford someone a certain amount of trust, mm-hmm. right? I will, in general, I'm going to take you for your word. You know, I'm going to, uh, in general, trust you for what you're saying. Nothing, you know, too deep, but in general, I'm going to trust you. You're going to say you're going to meet me somewhere, no problem. You know, you're going to say, um, even at the bank, you're someone, you know, you're giving somebody money exchange, you're expecting them to be honest in those circumstances. Absolutely. And I think when it comes to family, though, that initial trust is higher than a stranger, coworker, or even your neighbor. Or, or but, lower, I, depending on. <laughs> I mean, but, right. or lower, but in general, when you're introduced as a child, if this is your family, that level of trust starts off higher Correct. in general. Correct. Same thing for teammates. You know, when you start playing a team sport with somebody, you have a higher level of trust for that teammate than you do maybe the guy just walking down the high school hallway with you. you know? Absolutely. Certain groupings of things make people believe that they can trust you. And, um, you know, the older we get, our parents start to teach us not to trust. For example, my mother, I, I didn't really – think a stranger was a problem, but my mother would be like, you can't talk to strangers, you can't tr- trust a, a stranger. But throughout all of our lives, all of our relationships, we're taught you trust a little, you trust a lot, you don't trust at all, don't get in the car with a stranger, you can't trust them, those right. types of things. Don't give your information to somebody on the street, your credit card, you can't trust them, or you can always trust the guy that shows up with a badge or whatever. I mean, right. we're all taught things about trust. And whatever we're taught about trust is kind of how we carry ourselves throughout our lives. And as you look, most, I mean, children in general will trust anybody, right? I mean, innately, if they see somebody in high, you know, they'll talk to them or something Mm -hmm. like that, or they they have that initial trust. 
So you have to be taught, you know, this person's a freak. We don't know them. You, no, you cannot, like you said, you cannot right. get in their car. You cannot, don't tell them that your personal address, somebody's asking right. you. You have to keep them that. No, don't do that. But, you know, hey, you're a human being. I'm a human being. I'm going to be trustful of them. But you have to try and taper that a little bit. So with that said, throughout life, whether we trust or not is dependent upon how we've experienced trusting people that we've trusted in the past. Right. If we've trusted people, we've relied on them, and they've done pretty good, in general, those folks are more trusting than folks that have trusted people and they've been hurt by that trust. Great. Now, I heard this is from an article in um, uh, www.life123.com uh, talking about working through trust issues. They make the point that at the root of all trust issues is a past betrayal. Let me just say, at the root of all trust issues is a past betrayal. I disagree with that. Okay. Go ahead I, mean, I don't necessarily think that at the root of all trust issues is a past betrayal. I believe that trust is something that we learn. For example, you meet people that say things, for example, like, I don't trust any man, all men are gone. Right. And they haven't necessarily been abused or been mistreated, but they've been taught that, look, you can't just go around and put your trust in people because everybody tells lies or everybody will cheat or everybody will steal. So some things are based on a rooted betrayal. Like there's, it traces itself back to something. things. Some things are things that we're taught. Okay. So when you are in a relationship, especially one that's important to you, you have to be aware enough of your ability to trust. Are you a paranoid person? And I don't mean like are you clinically paranoid, are you hearing voices? I mean are you the kind of person that always thinks that somebody's out to get you? Right. Or are you a person that thinks, hey, listen, I don't have to worry about anything. I'm always protected. Whatever goes down, I'll be all right. I mean, there's ways that we find ourselves in our, in our ability to trust. So one of the things I'm going to tell you to do, after you listen to today's show or while you listen to the show, is jot down your kind of how do you learn to trust the person? Are you that person that trusts people immediately? Do you get a feeling about people? You know, I had an uncle that would always say, you know what, I, I got a funny feeling about that person. I don't trust them. Okay, right. Just so many guys that you can't necessarily put a finger on it, mm-hmm. what it is. They haven't necessarily done anything specifically, but just there's some what the words they're saying, I don't really believe what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, their body length, something's just not right. I can't say exactly, but something's not right about this person. Mm-hmm. Then there are people that say, you know, I never t- – I, I remember this, and I was really taught this. You can't trust the person whose eyebrows meet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, because the older I got, I'm like, my eyebrows are getting real close. <laughs> you know, may, maybe I should look at that. But, but there's different things that we learn that may not have anything to do with betrayal. But in general, that comment is true, that there are some things that are just set and, and embedded in us through abuse or things that have happened to us over the course of our lives. Now, let me, let me skip over to this article here in goodtherapy.org. It talks about um, do you have trust issues or trust issues? Because everybody has some kind of building and building trust and evaluating how you're going to trust, what level of trust you're going to extend to somebody. But when we talk about trust issues where someone's excessive with it, okay, some symptoms of or some uh, uh, characteristics, characteristics or signs if somebody has excessive mistrust. They have a total lack of intimacy or friendship due to mistrust. Uh, mistrust interferes with one's primary relationships. So it's actually getting in the way of your primary relationships. Uh, severe or intense uh, dramatic or stormy relationships one after the other. So you're constantly going through these stormy relationships uh, with people because of the trust issues. Because you're looking for something wrong. Because you're looking for something wrong. And undoubtedly you find it. Right, because if you're looking for something, oh, I finally find out thing. okay, yeah, you got me. I was really watching uh, the sports channel when I was supposed to be watching something else. Absolutely. I know people that will say, um, 
no, when your spouse or your friend comes home from a party or whatever and you say, well, who are you with? And they say, with Bob, Tina, Susie, and maybe they forget Barry. Right. And then maybe there's a picture that comes up on Facebook and they say, that's weird. I asked him who you were with and, you know what, you didn't mention Barry. Like, is something going on? Right. There you go. That's at excessive trust issues. Well, hey, no, I didn't name all 12 people that were there with me. I named, you know, 11 out of 10 or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, no, we're just... I named the people who I remember. Another trust issue, and I'm not talking about parents and kids. I'm talking about adults with each other as friends or, or intimate partners. That constant checking of someone else's Facebook, cell phone, Instagram, Pinterest, Foursquare, Yelp, you're checking everything out to match up like like you're Matlock. Some of you all may not know who Matlock is, but like you're a detective. Right. You're out there trying to figure out, piece together, is he lying, is she lying, is something going on. Those are also things that indicate trust issues as well. And those things, especially when they're based on lack of evidence, there's no, there's no reason, no past history the person has shown you mm-hmm. to have these trust issues with them, um, but yet the person, they're not trusting that person. Correct. It, but there's no evidence or, or reason to do that. Other than a hunch, I will tell you this. I have a lot of people that say, well, Dr. Neville, it was women's intuition. I just mm-hmm. knew something was going on. And so I open up the phone. And I tell people, hey, trust your gut, right? Okay. That's the same as intuition, right? So Dr. Noel, I knew something was going on. So, you know, he happened to go to sleep and he left his cell phone online. I looked, naked picture. I knew something was going on. Mm, okay. So it, it does, you know, you don't always have to have, let me say this, when you go looking in general, you'll find something. Okay. Not because everybody's cheating, but because when you're looking for something, there's always something there to find an email that doesn't make sense, a deleted, so you deleted part of that text, that means that you're covering something up. I mean, there's always going to be something that, you know, that people see, but if you don't have a real reason to not trust someone, then I feel like you should be able to take them on face value. Okay, good point. Fair enough, fair enough. The second kind of people are people that have trust issues because you've actually done something. But, okay, so they've already broken that trust, and now, you know, you have to try and build that trust back up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is very hard to do. And those are, some, those are really tough relationships. You know, I see a lot of couples, and through the years it's become super apparent, that everyone has this breaking point, this thing where it's the, the end of the line. I've taken all I'm going to be able to take of a certain behavior. And once you get there, it can become almost impossible to rebuild trust. I agree with that. And some people, you can cheat on them 100 times and they don't care. Some people, you can cheat on them one time and they care. Some people, it's I don't care if you flirt, but I care if you have sex. Other people, it's I don't want, you know, I don't care about sex, but I do care if you tell them personal things about me. So, there's these, this, there's these unspoken words and rules that people have about their boundaries and their trust things that you really need to be working with and trying to figure out when you're dating someone so that you can know when you when you reach the boundary, when you've right. gotten to a certain spot. And every relationship is different, like you mentioned. So what, what's, you know, what's really vital for one person or one couple is not going to necessarily be for every single couple. And our situations are different. You know, we've got a... People send me questions. No, we've got lots of questions where people ask about, you know, when I'm with my husband and we're alone, I trust him, I don't have a problem. But when he gets around his friends, that's when the trust issues come up. But when okay. he gets around his mom, that's when the trust issues come up. So, so one of the things that I think makes a healthy relationship is really being able to pinpoint your maturity level and kind of know who you're dealing with. Okay. Let's give some questions. All right. So I'll read the first question. Um, I'm going to not name names in order to protect the innocent and the guilty. So the first question says, 
I don't have any issues with trust in my husband until he gets with his family. I can't trust him to defend me if if his family is cruel to me. How can we address this issue? Okay. So this is obviously, for while, assuming this is emotional type cruelty, not any physical things of that nature. I'm assuming that. Uh-huh. It's not physical abuse of things of that nature. And I would have a conversation with, with the husband, letting him know the issue, um, and let him know the ex- what expectations you have of what protection you're expecting from him when he gets around his family. I, you know, because obviously they said it only happens when he gets around his family. So, hey, here's the difference is when, I, when everybody else I feel protected. Here's the, here's the difference when you get around your family. Here's what I'm experiencing. And here's what I'm expecting from you because um, right now I, feel, I don't feel secure. I don't feel that level of trust when you're in this environment. You know, one of the things that some people are able to do is ignore their family and have only positive regard for them. There are people that get with their family and they say things like, babe, you're too sensitive. You know, my mom was just joking when she said your dress is ugly. Or my brother joked around like that. We always joke around like that. You're the only girl I've ever been with that's had an issue with that. Or we have times where there's a competition where family is competing to prove it to you or you're competing to prove to family that you're number one in that person's life. Mm-hmm. All of that, like, screams out to me that there's a priority problem in your marriage. It's a priority issue in your, in your relationship. There's a way that you need to be clear that you're the wife, and he needs to be clear that you're the wife and that he's the husband. So if when those issues arise, two things you don't do. One, don't, don't get into a back and forth when you know you're not going to be protected. You know, don't get into a, you know what, whatever, because you can't talk to me that way or don't get into a bob. What are you going to do right now about the situation? Prior to being with family, so the next time that you guys are alone, things of you're okay, you're eating dinner, things are well, then say to him, hey, babe, I'm a little concerned. Maybe I'm misreading things. You know, however you have to word it, you know yourself. But I feel like when I'm with your mom and she criticizes me, you don't even notice it. And then I feel when you don't notice it and I'm unprotected, I don't feel safe in that environment anymore. Right. So approach it from the standpoint of I don't feel emotionally safe in that environment. Here's the other thing that I, I really encourage people to do. Try to avoid some of, some of the reasons that families get into issues with the new spouse or the old spouse or whatever is because there's too much socializing together. Um, one of the things that I think you have to learn how to do is you don't have to go to every single family event. And that may be an sp- unspoken rule for their family, but you have to learn that your family has a different culture. So to me, let me boil this all down to Sounds like it's a man problem. Sounds like he's afraid to defend you because he doesn't want his family to think he's whipped or whatever or that they're not as important as you are. I feel like you both are misunderstanding. There is not a competition. You're the wife. You and he need to sit down and have a conversation about how to manage the situation. Then you let him deal with his family. And I'll I'll also say just understanding that every family is different. So what their family is used to and the way they talk to one another, it may not be a big deal for them. That's just the way they operate. But now you add it to the family, and you're a family with your husband, okay? Now you guys have a different dynamic, and the wife is doesn't not from that background and doesn't appreciate the way you guys talk to her, the way, the way she's getting talking to, for whatever reason. And that you've got to understand that and say, okay, rules are changed. You know, as I'm a single and I'm part of the family, it didn't bother us. My mother may criticize me and my father may do this. It was no big deal. You know, that's the way all the kids got treated. Hey, whatever, that's what we're used to. Well, but now with the, with the spouse in there, uh-huh. you got to make adjustments. Hey, now the spouse is a part of the family, part of my household as a husband. 
I've got to let my, my other extended family know that the way it used to be was going to have to change when you're dealing with me and my new spouse. Every family has a culture. Every family has a culture. Every family has a culture. Absolutely. And with that being said, it may be a kind of culture that you don't. And I don't mean like every family has a different ethnic culture. I mean what's okay for my husband's family is definitely not okay in my family. Right. What's okay in my family. I mean, I'll give you a small nippet. When Darren first came, like I think it was like a, a dinner, a family dinner or whatever we had, and we prayed over the food. Darren had his eyes closed. All of the rest of us had our eyes wide open. <laughs> and so he was like, that was weird. Why was everybody, like, everybody's eyes open? Like, we prayed our eyes open, you know. So it's just, I mean, it's not that we were trying to make him feel comfortable. People were staring at him. We just hold hands and smile at each other while we pray with our eyes wide open. It's just part of what we do. And so one of the things that I think couples have to do a better job is is warning or kind of teaching you about the culture of their family. Hey, that's crazy Ricky. Uh, that's Auntie Boosie, you know, she'll eat your food, that's uh, Pookie Lolo, watch your purse with him, you know, don't play with my mom, she's not a jokester, she'll kind of, you know, get your back so she dies, those, those kinds of things. In mature coupleships, you have to discuss these things. And then so when your wife or when spouses get involved with the family, they kind of understand where people are coming from. And I said the best you can because if that's the environment that you're used to and you think that's normal, you, it's not, what's the – Tell someone about something that's normal. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, no, there is something to tell. For example, when you met my family, I told you this person is that way. Don't do that. Like, it's not necessary that I think because that's something that you find to be abnormal. But did you say, for example, before? Oh, we pray with our eyes open. Maybe you and everybody did that. No, I knew everybody did it. I kind of warned you a little bit. I don't remember that. Oh well, I warned you. I didn't say guess what? I didn't say guess what? My family would pray with our eyes closed. So I thought everybody pray with our eyes closed. So why would I mention that? So you as much as you can, you need to share that uh, right. can share it up front. That makes sense. That makes sense. So you know, let me let me read another question. The next yep. question says, and I'm just gonna bop around so we try to get to all of them. It says, my husband recently started accusing me of cheating. I am not, and this has never been an issue. I asked why he felt this way, and he just says he has a hunch. Now I'm beginning to wonder if he is up to something. That's a good question. I would need. I would have that conversation. It needs to be more than a hunch. What have I done to all of a sudden that you're going to be accusing me of, of cheating? We I haven't had this situation in the past. We've never had it in our relationship. Why all of a sudden is coming up? It needs to be more. Explain to me more than a hunch that you have this feeling. Well, see, that's kind of dangerous because women have hunches all the time, and nobody makes them forced to explain the hunch. Let me say this. I would do that to a woman too. I have a hunch. A hunch based on what? Mm-hmm. Usually, well, no, I'm not going to teach ways too cheap, but let me say this, because I was going to say, usually there's a specific reason women have hunches. But let me say this. Um, you know, I, you know, we've all been taught, or I can't say for all, I was always taught, if someone starts to grill you and question you about something and they're acting suspicious because or they're accusing you of being suspicious, it's because they're up to something, you know? I've experienced that too. And I can't, I mean, I can't tell you with 100% certainty that he's up to something, but if you've never had an issue before, and now all of a sudden he's coming home like, you know, you were wearing a tight dress. I thought you flirting with a guy. You know, like he all of a sudden thinks there's a problem. Something's got to be going on. So you all need to have a discussion about, hey, babe, what's happening that this is going on. Because maybe something did come up. So maybe one of his friends said, hey, I saw your wife, blah, 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 uh, doing something. Or, or maybe, you know, I saw him with this guy. It could have been totally innocent. Could have been coworkers going out to lunch. Like, I saw your wife going out to lunch, and now I got in his brain. So you need to get to, get to the, uh, the heart of the matter. Where is this coming from? And, and this brings to, to, to the forefront one of the comments I want to make about 
trusting people. One of the ways to keep trust is to have transparency. If I go out, I mean, and I have a lot of professors that I work with, and they say, Dr. Noel, I work with professionals. There's no way I can always up-to-date my husband that I went out for lunch with this person or that I did that. But I'm going to argue and say that there is. So if I'm out to lunch with somebody, I mean, I don't text my husband take a screenshot I'm out to, to lunch with Bob, but I might say at the end of the night, just an FYI, me and Bob went to lunch today and we were discussing some business stuff, and I let that be the end of it. But I don't, I don't take, you know, when you're married, you don't have, like, private meetings or private dinners with people that you can't, like, just up-to-date your Absolutely. that it happened. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that. So this, again, is transparency. It, it goes back to if I'm on a phone call, well, I'm texting a lot and my husband wants to see the phone. I don't necessarily like to share my cell phone, but I'll, I'll hand him the phone because I want him to know there's nothing going on here that you can't see. Right. And, and you, you would talk about that scenario I mentioned about, or maybe a friend of his saw the spouse out the lunch and wanted to tell the friend. It could have been a situation, the friend of the husband, guess what, maybe flirted with the wife. Mm-hmm. And now if she didn't respond, well, oh, okay, now guess what, I'm going to mess up your marriage. You know, talk you to, to the point. So, right. so now I'm going to say your wife was doing something else. But she didn't get a chance to tell her husband that, hey, your friend was flirting with me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so that, that message was left off. And now there's a big issue. And he said, oh, you're only saying that because he brought it up. Right. It can be really tricky. So you talk about the transparency. There needs to be transparency in that couple. Hey, it may be hard to tell, but guess what? Your friend flirted with me. I need to mm-hmm. tell you that. All right, here we go. Let me move on because we're moving yeah. kind of fast. Well, my girlfriend wants to know all the codes to get into my social media. When I refused, she said she couldn't trust me anymore. I told her that I had a right to privacy. She disagrees. Any thoughts on privacy and dating? Absolutely. I mean, first, it's a girlfriend. This is not the wife. It's not the spouse. And a girlfriend, I'm not giving you any passcodes to any social media. It's not happening at the girlfriend level. You haven't earned that, that level of trust yet. You can get on there and do something crazy. If I'm working, you can get on there and do something ridiculous and get somebody fired putting something ridiculous on there. Not going to happen. That, is absolutely. That is reserved for wife. Yeah, but, in but, but that's just saying that, that you feel like once the paper, like once you get absolutely. out Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Here's what I'm going to say to that. I wouldn't date a detective. If, if she's got to be in your stuff already, this is drama. Drop her off the same place you pick her up because, you know, because, but let me say this. I don't even know, even as a wife, I don't know if I necessarily know all my husband's passcodes. I mean, I just sort of feel like if I've got to be mad, like, I don't want to do it. Right. I don't want to have to do investigatory research. I don't want to have to be news at 11. You know, I checked your Facebook and I found this stuff out. Once we get to that point, I'm, I'm bouncing. So I feel like if you're not already married to her and she's tripping, Maybe one say, hey, what happened in your past that you feel like you have to do this? Have I done something to make you feel that way, that kind of a thing, to figure out what's going on? Then you're making a funny thing. I'm like, I don't care what happened in your past. You ain't get my passcode. It's a girlfriend. I'm just saying, drop off where you picked up. Sometimes it's not worth it, just so you know. Just so you know. Especially if you're young enough to find somebody else. If you're like 60, maybe she's like, she's probably give up some codes. Okay, the next thing says, um, I searched my fiance's Facebook and found inbox messages from an ex-girlfriend. I want to confront him, but I feel like he won't trust me if he knows I went through his phone and Facebook. Any suggestions on how to handle it? You know, what I get to one, did you have the passcode? Did you happen to leave it open? Did you happen to search it? Why would you search it? Did you have some mistrust already? But then 
if, you know, for whatever reason, you happen to be haphazard, you happen to go to the computer, and you happen to see it with nothing, no big deal, just happen to give the information, you can ask him, hey, basically, hey, you can say, what about so friends? You, 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 I would ask him, do you still keep in contact or do you ever have any communication with, 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 with Big Booty Keisha? <laughs> see what he said. And he's going to say, listen, well, what you doing, man? You know, I, wouldn't mention, I, I wouldn't necessarily mention it, but I would just ask the question. Come on, I'll tell the truth. You went to the bathroom, and uh, your cell phone was wide open, so I just happened to press a button, and I saw a picture, and she was sending you, you know, flirts and whatnot. Don't know if it was like the body intervention that let me get into your phone or whatever, but what's the situation? Right. You know, and if he's, text, if he's inboxing her, obviously it's a secret, like obviously. Right. So that means that, you know, it could be nothing going on, but... It kind of sounds like something is. But on the other hand, you say Matlock and got it kind of like. And again, this is a fiancé level. This is not, it's not spouse yet. It's not girlfriend or boyfriend. It's more than that. It's an in-between level. Right, so they deserve more information. They deserve more information. You know, so what you might want to do is just say, hey, I happen to run across their phone, whatever. Don't lie about it because that makes you look sketchy. However you did it, I got some information. And, you know, unfortunately, while, you know, I was snooping, <laughs> I was snooping, I was shady. <laughs> and so let's talk about that. And here's the deal. While you're a fiancé, figure all this stuff out. Yeah, before the before I do. Before you say I do. Absolutely. Because once you have to split your income with somebody, your retirement and fund. you got to get up the code. Yeah, yeah. So before, before you walk down the aisle, clarify this. Let me say this to people. Most people get this information. They get married anyway. Then they find out that their husband's a cheater, and they go, you know, how did I, how did I, how did I miss this? Because you didn't say what you needed to say in the beginning. So go ahead and say what you have to say now before the, before the marriage. So if he's the wrong guy, you know ahead of time. There you go. Have you a know? great week, folks. Yeah, have a great week. We've got lots more questions. Maybe we can try to finish these up the next time we have. We, we talk to you guys. See you next week, same time, same place. Make it a great day.